Welcome, Welcome to, to the Better, Better Call Daddy Show. This is Big Daddy. Oh my God, that's hysterical. More stories you are not going to believe. And advice that you didn't know that you needed. Five stars. Five and a half stars. We're creating a legacy one call at a time. Here comes my daddy. Your problem is, is that you like me. <laughs> my dad is my hero. I'll always be there to take your call and you'll never be in too much trouble if your dad is around. Oh boy. Hey, hey, hey. I think I'm a pretty cool dude. Better call daddy. The safe space for controversy. This is your host, Rena Friedman Watts. No, this is your host, Celia Watts. More inspirational stories, more daddy drama, and more laughs. Hey, a lot of these things, I don't know where you're getting them from. It sounds like they're coming from when I look in the mirrors. Damn the public. Damn the public. (laughs) Today, I'm interviewing the host of Love and Be Loved. Love is forgiveness and overcoming adversity. Lena Sabula, welcome. Yeah, so can you take me back for people who don't know your story and talk to me a little bit about your parents and and your childhood? I mean, your story is truly miraculous. First of all, I would have never imagined that after 20 years of silence, this is what I would be doing publicly, speaking on stage in front of hundreds of people and that my story will be broadcasted all over social media. Because in the past, I was afraid of judgment and rejection because I thought my story was it's of guilt, shame, and condemnation. But now I know it's God's story of salvation. So as I say, I was born and raised in Ukraine and my parents struggle in, my, in the marriage. And this is the time I was already like close to 13 years old because before that, I did have proper childhood and I actually like it that's why um, it's really struck me when the countries fall apart because I do believe it's odd to the struggle in their marriage so they became an alcoholic and lost their job so at our home the government turned up electricity and hot water for outstanding bills and I was hungry all the time so I was literally starving and our home was infested with mold cockroaches and mice and we really struggled in poverty, t- trying to survive. So I was raised in home full of strangers who brought booze and drugs and with parents who did nothing to protect me. So I've become an easy target for those guys. So I've actually been drugged and raped in the basement of my own apartment numerous times. So when I thought the things couldn't get any worse, one month before my 15th birthday, I woke up with a severe abdominal pain. So scared and confused only to realize I was in labor. So I um, didn't know I was pregnant and I didn't know who her father was. My baby girl died three months later from health complications. So I buried my first child when I was 15 years old. I suffered with depression and anxiety and panic attacks. So I started using alcohol and drugs to medicate my pain. And then I turned to heroin. Heavy drugs swallow my city and I was one of those people because it was better to be high than feeling worthless and hopeless and helpless and abandoned and broken. A few years went by, I don't recall much things, but one day I literally have like this awakening and I saw people dying around me from like overdose or who went to jail and desperate and despair. I knew I needed change, but there's 
no hope, no hopes or dreams for people like me. And then I met this lady through one of my friends, you know, and she brought me to her house and she offered me coffee and sweets. And I was like so impressed because she looked and wealthy and nice and it felt really comfortable and safe. And she told me she would be able to find me a job, no specific, just a job. So of course, without much thought, I accepted eager to escape. Then her team went to work. So still on heavy drugs, I vaguely remember another report and how I got through customs. I never know. One morning I woke up hearing Muslim prayer, Allahu Akbar, ran out and scaring, confused. I realized I'm in a foreign country. So this nice lady actually sold me into human trafficking. So um, I um, find out that I was in Cairo, Egypt, and I was forced to crawl under the barbed wire into Israel. That's how I crossed the border. And I was bought by the family business and learned it's very important what brothel you end up in because the ghosts who came with me died or went missing and been never seen again. No. Oh my God. Yeah. So although it was horrible situation, it was an upgrade for me because I was clean. I was fed. I I made money and nobody could rape me or beat me to death. Another really miraculous thing happened that in the brothel, one of my bodyguards shared the gospel, the good news of God with me. And when my grandpa had a heart attack, she brought, he brought me to Jerusalem to pray at the valley wall. Honestly, God, like I knew that I didn't deserve God's answer or mercy or love or anything because people like me does not deserve this audience. But God answered my prayer and miraculously saved my grandfather's life. So most, in most cases, you never live this kind of situation alive unless you have been rescued. But by the grace of God, almost two years later, they set me free and I was allowed to go back to Ukraine. So I saved up a little bit of money and I thought I'm gonna start a new life. But one of my other bodyguards, who was like a brother to me, like cheated me out of all my possession that I accumulate over these two years. And my trustworthy aunt stole and spent all my money. So I had like zero. So I was so furious. I didn't know what to do. So I started using drugs again. So I ended up on heroin again. Like a couple of years later, I didn't know what else to do. And literally I sold myself again. This time, like I sold myself willingly into human trafficking because I knew I'm going to die of overdose or somebody going to kill me or end up in jail. So body was my commodity and I used it and they brought me to Canada. So in Canada, I actually had the opportunity to start the new life and I took it. I ran away. I live in shelter. I start learning English. Then I went to cosmetology credit school. I became a hairstylist. I actually owned the salon for two years as well. And right one year before COVID, I closed my business and my book called Miraculous was published. And I was working on this book for last four years before I closed my business. Then I published my book the same year and I start speaking and I'm helping people to learn more about God's love. And I talk about realities of human sex trafficking. 
Incredible. Incredible. I know part of your story, is it the guy who's, who you were like best friends with? He was a Russian Jew. Yes. Did he share that with you? He literally, he was bringing the Bible to the brothel and like nobody ever stopped him. So honestly, that's how amazing it was. And what attracted me to um, this gentleman, because he's like, he was like pure joy. I'm like, that was so weird for me to see human being like that, because I never saw a man who is not drunk, not high, not angry, not violent and that was like my life and I thought that's how men are you know like they all cheating lying scheming whatever and like like not okay and that's what attracted me to him and that's what how I learned about the God wow what did that make you think towards Jewish people well I didn't have really opinion before about anybody as well Although he was talking about persecution, how that's how he ended up in Israel because he been persecuted as well. And I think because he didn't have hate to Russians, I never really think about that there's any other problems between Russian and Jewish people because honestly, like I was like trying to survive my health. So I was not aware of it, I guess, because like, but on another hand, I'm thinking, remember how I say I live in a city with 55,000 Russian people, maybe I never just been like, um, face this kind of problem. This has never been problems like that, that I could learn from, you know, so I honestly, and I think that's why I fit so well, like in Canada, I just have like different nationalities of people that I love and respect because I do believe it's all a human being. We have like different races, but it depends on the person. If you have the integrity, like I'll be your friend. You know what I mean? You treat the people right, you treat me right, and I'll be your friend. So I don't really ever judge. Like I I don't have like any issues with anything. So we become friends and same here, like I have like friends, all the different nationalities. And I think it's glorious because back home, like it's always was the same food, same holidays, same lifestyle, same dress, same this, same that. And I love Canada because it's beautiful variety and we can learn from each other with love and respect, you know, and different religion as well. So like I already said in the beginning, you respect my opinion, I respect your opinion and we can be friends. Or if you you don't want to be friends with me, it's fine by me, but I still respect. I am really interested too, like how were you able to heal and think about like sexuality in a healthy way? This is very interesting. Actually, somebody asked me about it and I keep thinking like, Maybe it was my mind blocking everything. How did I went through this trauma and still enjoy like hugs and kisses? And sometimes I'm thinking maybe because my husband like that, he never triggered me in any negative way because he's like stable and calm and loving and kind and compassionate. So it's never really like I kind of learned to trust him. And that was my first partner when I come out from it. And he was my first serious partner. And that's who I wanted to change for. But I think it's because 
who he was that helped me to recover from it. But the rest of it, I think it's just grace of God because I don't have like explanation. The fact that I'm clean for all these years and I never been triggered to do any drugs, but I've been doing everything like heroin, cocaine, ecstasy, whatever, like you name it, I've been on drugs heavy, like for probably 10 years. The fact that I'm healthy, my mind, body and soul healthy, I have um, healthy, like love making the relationship. My three children are healthy. You know, I cannot say that I earn it or deserve it. It's just like miraculous gift and privilege. Like, and I do understand this more and more I'm thinking about because no way I can say that I got this because I remember the time when I quit drugs and I was with my husband and I had my my daughter I suffered I believe like I live in hell because for the first time I was clean I was home with the child I I hit postpartum you know people like some women dreaming about being wife and a mother and a housekeeper I didn't know I'm gonna be alive well like it's some like you know with yeah that totally wasn't me No, I'm just thinking about in general in society, even back home, grooming us to be a wife and a mother. That was my job before everything is fall fall apart or my my future, not the job. But I didn't know if I'm going to survive. I was like surprised that I'm actually alive. And that's to God too, because I could die of overdose million times over. My friends were dying like a fly. So I wasn't like, like, I cannot take this on me. I know it's God saved me for the purpose. And, and I do believe the purpose is to share my story and show people that it is possible, you know, to have love, joy, peace, and wholeness again after trauma and after everything you've seen and done. I love that. I wanted to ask you, because you asked your guests, what is to be loved? I think your question is, what is love and what is to be loved? I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on that now? Absolutely. For me, it's big between me and my God. My purpose here is to love him and be loved by him, you know? So it's give like huge dimension. And I keep thinking about, I know what, why I'm here for, you know? And it's so amazing to know that somebody loved me so amazingly that he gave his life for me. You know, I'm thinking for me, that time I wouldn't even like married me. I wouldn't be even like friends with me, you know, like who I was, but he saw me who I am like for real. You know what I mean? Not the, that Lena, drug addict, alcoholic, prostitute, whatever, but that this human being who I'm just feel I'm becoming, but he saw me already like that. And he protected me and loved me and blessed me after everything. And that's what I do. I just love him back. And the um, second commandment actually in the Bible, love the others as yourself. And that's what I'm trying to do too. Before I hate the people because I thought everything was done to me by them. And now literally I have like, I have so much peace and gratitude and I do my best to take care of my family, to take care of people around and I'll do my best to make a difference and make this world a little bit better and whatever I can, you know. That is so amazing. I wish I had your sureness. Like, what would you tell people that are having a hard time believing in God or feeling God's presence. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's all about relationships. Bible said, 
seek and you will find it knock and doors will open to you and you know what sometimes we get hurt and our first thing you know what kind of god would be allowed this you know we never know the reason but i know they're always like they're always planning the purpose i don't understand but i trust because he's been so faithful to me you know so i trust in the purpose i trust in the reason i trust in the plan i trust in his faithfulness and love for me but people who don't have this relationship you have to seek first find them um, christian friends or go to the church get the bible start reading new testament you know that's all about jesus you know because sometimes when people start reading from the beginning of the bible they can get you know scared oh what kind of god is this because he's the righteous god but christ died for us so whatever mistakes or sin i'm committing now i have this mediator between that holy god you know so my sins like like my mercies renew every morning because god see me through jesus eyes so don't give up like honestly if you have like pain if you are angry you know he sees and hears everything so you don't have to hide just tell him like it is read about prayer of salvation that's what happened for me because i actually went through alpha course and that's another great resource you can google you can see it online it's called alpha course and it's just like non-judgmental presentation why we are here why jesus why this why that and then find someone to talk to about you know somebody like friend you know or christian friend or just text me i honestly i i share my story and this is number one for me because the god is so good i was talking to my daughter today and i say there's two ways to go or you go with god in peace or you go without peace and you know and people thinking like oh hell is that some i don't know fire repeat that we're gonna be there but you know what i lived in hell when i quit drugs when i hit postpartum when i was alone and lonely with the baby when my bad thoughts was hunting me i have anxiety i have like heart palpitation that i end up in the hospital that's how bad my anxiety was nobody could diagnose me they give me wrong drugs for asthma because that's what they thought my breathing is so they could kill me with with the prescription medication it's it was crazy so i know how bad it feels to live in hell you know so the hell actually it's without god when you without god that's what hell is you know and you can feel it here and that's what the opposite look when war hit ukraine my first reaction i'm a human being i have the family there and i see the people dying the children dying what do you think i'm just saying like oh it's okay you know i have a trust in in god no i fall apart i was scared i had the anxiety i have so much fear i have all those emotion and i hid under my blanket cry and thinking like i going to have anxiety again but then i remember my bible study where we talk about fear and bible said do not fear 365 times in the bible for every day so i jump out from the bed and i say i'm not going to fear i'm not going to fear i got to trust and same as you guys sometimes we learn all this positive affirmation that's what you have to repeat to yourself until you believe it's true and then the peace came and then everything and then i saw 
myself like getting angry i'm like i don't want to be angry about this either so again i pray against this so it's constant relationship it doesn't happen overnight i've been christian for 10 years and honestly little by little i've been working the same like we're working with our um, coaches or counseling or therapies it's literally little by little i build this relationship that today i can say God, take it away, give it everything to you. And I stand in that faith that I believe in and just in gratitude. That's why I'm literally, I cannot explain to you how my brain right now could come and collect it through all the mess that I was going through and in my life and in Ukraine and with my children, because it's still the stuff, the stuff never going to be perfect. But I do believe like now, because I'm with God, that's a huge, huge part. And it's funny because like the trauma, it took me a long time work on trauma too. And I don't say like, oh, don't do the medication or therapies or anything. I didn't do medication, but I went through therapy and I took like coaching, life coaching, health coaching. I took everything that was available to me to get my self-development, my mindset change, everything. But um, literally it's been more like 18, 17 years that I'm clean. And just last fall, I remember I finally, I like literally have goosebumps all over I finally feel like myself. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know why I'm here. I know why this happened. I know how cool my body feels. Like my brain is clear. I'm hopeful. I'm excited. So honestly, there is no due day to healing. But I know this is happening. And I know it's possible. And I know it's beautiful. Because you cannot change like anything. Like literally, you cannot change the past. But another one, you cannot have peace without God, 100%. Has it helped you fix your relationship with your parents? Absolutely. Yes. He actually gave me the idea for this book that I didn't want to write. I did not want to go into the past, but I was Christian already for five years. I wasn't like a newbie. So like not the newbie, we call baby Christian because when um, I got this idea to write the book, I have a solid relationship with Christ and I trusted him. I did it as an obedience to him because I believe that this book can help someone else to see and salvation and to see that is it possible to live through trauma and overcome it. Honestly, it changed my life. It changed my life. I saw his hand on my life from beginning to the end. I reconciled with my father. I reconciled with my mother. And literally it took me a long time. I sometimes like I could step away from this manuscript for two months because I'm like, I cannot write that. I don't want people to know this. And now I'm telling this everybody on podcast to millions of people. But that time, like I was so shamed. It was that in my heart. And I do believe that's why he asked me to look back when I already saved, redeemed, forgiven, loved, healed. So I can look into my past and heal that past, heal that little Lena, have that compassion to my parents. And honestly, I had those ideas 
you know, I was angry. I'm like, I don't want to forgive my parents. I do believe they they screwed up, you know, they they messed up my life. What kind of parents are you to allow to your child to be drugged in front of you and saying, just take her, you know, like, what is that? Like, I don't know. And more I talked about them, they actually, they were broken. They were broken themselves, you know. And now I'm mom with three kids and a husband. I know how hard relationships are. And throw into the mix, like not making enough money, then alcoholism, then not satisfying in marriage, then the country is falling apart, your friends all drinking and divorcing, you don't have God, you don't have church, you don't have family, you don't have support, you don't have hot water to clean those kids after the whole day being outside, no food for them to provide. So now when I'm thinking about this, I'm like, what kind of wife I would be if that would be in the mix, you know? I think I would so, suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's putting in a perspective, but until then, all I judged them from my those teenage years. That's where I was stuck. And that's why this book was beautiful. And by the way, I wrote for like three years and one year it was with the publisher, but it was manuscript like this. It was all my life, all my anger and hate, all those emotions was coming out. I cry, I laugh, but then like literally I had no pain. That's what really blew me away because I was angry, but I had no pain. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. How come? And that's because God already took that away, but I still have to deal with tons of it because it's been shadow I've been hiding there and every time something happened with my parents I would cry or get angry and my husband said like yeah you have the problem there you know you have to think about those things my father actually lived like so far away in a village he had like no internet no phone nothing and literally a year before he passed away we just reconnected and we were talking for a year almost before he passed away, but he got sick with cancer, throat cancer. But it was amazing how I actually called him and I told him, I love you and I forgive you. And, and he crying, he's like, why and how? And, and I was thinking like this poor man, he didn't have a good life. You know, it was very sad. So like that anger, just like switch to that compassion to the human being and his life and it was so beautiful so yeah until the um, day he died we pray and talk and and laugh and he sang me that song that he's singing like when I was very very young it was such a miraculous situation and literally I actually um ask him if he want to like talk to the uh, like pastor or anyone like that to know more about God because what he will start asking me in his last days and I know like in a dead bed you kind of thinking about heaven and hell a little bit more you know but um, my father would curse anyone who even talk about religion you know but he was open and willing and literally the pastor 
who my family know that it was right in the next city. He like literally found my dad. He drove there for hours to go and talk to my father, spend whole day with my father. And then my father passed away. And my husband said like, are you not upset that like at God, you know, that he just brought you in and, and he passed away. And I think that's what sometimes we blame in God. Wow, you just brought him back. But you know what? I was I was so grateful, but that we have this opportunity. And I do believe in that. My my father pray prayer of salvation. And I have peace in my heart that he's in heaven after everything you've done, you know, and that's where my gratitude that in the end of our life, God still go after us, like still provide this miraculous opportunities to say, okay, God, I was a sinner. Now I love you. Just please help me. And and now he's in heaven. And I never shed the tear about my dad. I never like felt grief about him. I just was so grateful that after everything happened, we reconcile and he left knowing that I love him. I feel God in what you're saying. Thank you. I'm so I'm so excited. I'm honestly I'm so grateful for this opportunity to share. I'm so grateful that you allowed me to sp- this space to be honest and open because I wanted people to hear that to feel that if you have a pain, if you have try everything like what what else like you have to lose? You know, look into God, like give him another chance try it. He's not angry with you. He loves you. Like I know like so much stuff happening in our lives that we think this is his fault. That's not his fault. And he's your loving father. It's hard to understand. Somebody told me in the Bible study where we didn't have a good father. So we cannot think that our father is lovely, but I'm like, you don't know my father, you know, that time. And that's what there is. You know, like, if you build that relationship, you're going to see God will like come. He's going to show up and show off in your life and going to love you and bless you and heal you. You just have to be like open and willing to trust. And I think that's our number one thing. We don't trust people and that's why we don't trust God. But God's ways, it's not our ways. His thoughts, it's not our thoughts. He does not think the way we do. You know, we measure everyone with almost like this, like, I don't know, barometer scale, whatever, you know, how much I can trust you, how much you can do. But God is not like that. His love and faithfulness always the same, no matter how we are up and down. He's always the same. And he loves you so much and you're never alone. But what he's not going to do, he's not going to force his life, like his life of like, you know, if you ever felt forced, that's not God. That's people try to force religion, you know, and that's the saddest part that sometimes we get turned off by and think like it's God, but it's not God. It's people. It's people who is doing mistakes and all of us sinner doesn't matter you know but he loves us all the same you know that's 100 percent can you sing a little bit of that song that your dad sang to you as a kid that's funny the way i remember the tune is like completely different he always said like this tune it's not like that the words is the same but in when i was a kid for some reason like it's like imprinted in me that way so when we sang that song together he's like you have a different tune i'm like no it is this tune he's like no it is like this was so funny and yeah he actually 
he was singing that until he couldn't speak anymore. Aww. Yeah. So this song actually like it's not even lullaby because he was the instructor of the mountain climbing my dad before he met my mom. So this song was like about the you know those guys who goes like with the backpack because sometimes he taking people like on the routes in the mountains and stuff. So there was a bear. Every time the bear come out, the people train him to give him like something like, not the tuna, but something like can like beans or the jam or something like that. So literally they train the wild bear to sit and block the path. So somebody would give him a goodie and he literally go away. So he become the attraction too. So that's what they did. Like people, um, they actually create that song, you know, about this like bear, but it's like make-believe. So the song goes like that um, the bear was like so happy until one day he saw the people who was with the tent, with the fire, they sung the guitar song and all this stuff. So bear like was like saying goodbye to his parents and joining this, like, you know, the people to go and explore the mountains and all this stuff. So I don't know. It's going to be funny. I hope it's not going to make it to the real thing, but I'm going to sing it to you <laughs> because it's funny. Неуклюжий медвежонок жил берлоге с папой с мамой, был пушистый как котенок от природы косолапый. Никогда медведь не плакал, знал он песен очень много, и притоптывая лапой, пел про белые сугробы. Yeah, and it's so funny because sometimes I sing another Russian lullaby for my kids, and that way nobody really taught me. I just sighed from the Russian cartoon and I sang that for my kids. Uh, sometimes I said to them, Do you want a bear song? So, like, they want a bear song. So, I, I sing them the bear song. It's so interesting. So, yeah, with my mom, I still I do have a relationship with my mom too, you know, but few years ago, a few years ago, she tried to like friend me on a Facebook and it was like before the book was published and I stared in that invite and I struggle with that. I'm like, I don't want to be friends. You know, I can forgive you, forget, you know, but I don't want to be friends because you broke my heart. You know what I mean? And now I think over the years when I was loving on my kids, I keep questioning how you go from like loving on your kids to that, you know, but over like done the book and thanks God I have the husband who has like wise counsel to, to me. He's like, well, she's reaching out. Maybe she didn't know how to love, like, especially like go through whatever she went through, you know, and he's like, why wouldn't you give that chance to her? And then uh, I was again praying and, and God said, you know what, like they had opportunity, you know, they honestly, they could abort you, but they still chose to have you or stuff like that. He was putting in my mind the fact that I actually like very stubborn. I'm never give up, never surrender kind of girl, you know, and he's like, that's your mother's qualities too. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. So I never really look at her the way, like with any like respect until I realize I have lots of stuff that I've learned from her before the crazy stuff happened that actually respecting myself. 
So I'm like, wow, that's interesting because until I was like really angry, I didn't see any good. I'm like, what is good in there, you know? But then very interesting that when we come back in 2011, my aunt actually brought the album. So my dad already passed away, but she brought the album and she told me story how my father actually fell in love with my mother like crazy. So they loved each other when they have me, you know, and it was like such a beautiful, like almost God saying to me, like, you were a love child. They wanted you. The life just got in the way and they went crazy, you know, so that was really nice. I yeah. think that affects your soul. Yeah. And you know what? Like this anger when like that burden, like I always thought God want me to forgive them for them. And I'm like, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. But then when I finally just let go, I realized how heavy burden I was carrying for 20 years. And they ate me like, you know, I get sad, upset, like all that unnecessary energy, like put in something negative, because like nothing you can do about it anyway, you cannot change it, you cannot pretend it, it's not happened, like you cannot put flowers and make it pretty. So like, it was such a waste of time and energy, and it's make me feel sick and bad, you know what I mean? Literally, when I forgive them. I realized, oh my gosh, I'm free. Like literally, that was like huge, like revelation for me. I'm like, I'm free. I'm good. And now she actually posting stuff like on the Facebook. Sometimes she see me with the kids and she's like, wow, you wonderful mom. Or she's saying like, oh, she's saying I love you, stuff like that. Before I would be like, why is she saying that? Now you love me? Like, and now I'm like, wow, okay. And I, it doesn't trigger me. That's the good word, you know? It doesn't, like, I don't look into the meaning. I don't look for a fight. I don't look for explanation. I just take it as it is. And I'm like, wow, okay. Wow. And, I respect that so much. I mean, are there things that you tell yourself that, like, keep you down that good path? <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting because, like, I always like thought I was a rebel and I was free, like through whatever like stuff. I'm like, I'm not a victim. I'm not this, I'm not that. But you know what? Only like go with God and, and actually be obedient to him shows me like sometimes like I even do stuff against my will, but his will, because his will is better and I'm becoming more compassionate and better to people. And then I realize, oh my gosh, I love this more. I want to be a better person. I love the way it's make me feel it's right thing to do. And it just like, honestly changed me. But sometimes I'm thinking that's who I really am. You know, that what is I so powerful. Was there like little sprinkles of that at all in your childhood? Like, did you believe in God just in moments? Like I did like I, until I start writing the book, I never really thought about it because I always thought my life before Christ and after Christ, after I, I give my life to Christ. But then I, um, it's like BC I, and AD. <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, I always thinking about that analogy because like before it was hell and then it was good. So I even like, that's why when he said, you have to look there and I saw this banner with my face on it. I had like panic attack. I hit my old self from people and from myself too, because I already have this carefully crafted persona who people see me in the church. 
I volunteer, I serve, I donate the money, I cook for people, I love on people, like I support people, like I'm I'm running that alpha course, bring the people to Christ. So I'm like this, ah. and somebody actually said to my daughter one time in the church, it's like, your mom is amazing. She's like fun and she's bubbly and she's full of life. And my, my daughter like, uh, you know, because the real me is still like sometimes like being a trigger and working through trauma and being a parent and all this stuff. So people saw this and God said, no, we're gonna like go there. And I thought like, this is gonna be like, I'm gonna be exposed, you know? And I thought this is like, not me, but because it, I thought it was before Christ and after Christ. And then I realized I prayed for the first time when I was six, like or 10 years old and, and God protected me. Then I pray another time when I was like really on drugs and I thought like I'm going to die. And then I pray another time. So I saw like his hand all the time. Did I have faith? I don't know, but I, I had to believe in something more than myself. And he always protected me there. And then I was thinking like, because I suffer with imposter syndrome, like when I got my baby, my husband, I heard those thoughts. Who do you think you are? Like have a healthy relationship? Who do you think you are to have healthy children? Who do you think you are to trying to be in mother? Like stuff like that was haunting me. So I was like scared to be like exposed. But then I realized, oh my gosh, like honestly, that wasn't a victim. That was survivor. So it's changed my, the way I perceive myself. I saw God's faithfulness to me and I saw how that trouble developed the character and create that endurance and like, and make me of who I am today that I'm so proud of. I just was like different circumstances that I didn't need to be this anymore. But I realized that I still love that too, you know? that was the courage to to go in another country and to learn any language like there was so many different things that I'm so grateful that I am who I am but for him like I'm thinking the most amazing part that he saw me like this you know he through all my life he saw this amazing potential this amazing human being that gonna have amazing children amazing love story amazing home clean home peaceful home like gonna tell people about him you know and about the struggle and say you know what doesn't matter this but this is like possible you know and tell people about the hope and salvation so cool that he loved me through all of it he loved me in the brothel he loved me like drugs and being stupid because I didn't have anything else you know that was the lifestyle my path and my choice but the fact that he never like abandoned me and brought me to this today, that's for all my gratitude to him. Like, thank you that he didn't let me die. And now all these years later, thank you so much that I have opportunity to share my story because nothing else I would ever do. You know, like I would like, I literally, when I closed my business, I heard like for a year from him, this is not the work you should be doing. For a year, I didn't want to give up because I thought that was my dream. And I was like, I don't know, like I worked so hard. 12 years, I was like working towards this dream. And then there was no anointing on that business after one year. So when that closed, the 
plus COVID wouldn't be even surviving. But honestly, after having this book, meeting these amazing people through podcasts, sharing my story, talking about this, I'm like, man, like, this is the best thing ever. My dream for me was like this high. I don't know, guys, if you don't see it, but his dreams for me, it's limitless. I literally cannot even imagine, like I'm seeing myself on stages. I see like all this, like, I don't know, revivals. I don't know. It's make me so excited. I never been so excited about anything in my life, but I'm like so thrilled and exhilarating. I'm like, ask me the question, ask me about my past, ask about human trafficking, about God, like, and look, I hope you guys seeing that God made me to talk, so I'm feeling like fish in the water on stage or on podcast, I love talking, and he's like, okay, now we're gonna share your story, and it's, it's the best thing that I ever did, it's say yes to him, to share my story, to give my life to him like it's like honestly it's a privilege and honor to just be alive to be healthy to be sharing my story and to love him and to know that I love by him and honestly make a difference and I hope and pray that somebody that listening somewhere thinking like oh my gosh I'm not even that bad. I want that too. And I hope and pray you look and seek and find it. That's what I'm praying for you guys. You are so powerful. Are you helping other women in human trafficking? Yes, absolutely. That's a good question. Like, first of all, thank you so much. I'm so honored from you to say that. It's really beautiful, but I know it's not me. It's God in me. But absolutely, to recover from human trafficking, like you really need any support and different programs. And literally, that's why, like after trafficking, like trauma is so severe and they need specialized services and care. I partnered up with Fight for Freedom in 2017. It's an amazing organization. It's nonprofit and they provide these survivor care programs, therapy, counseling, housing support and life skills building, as well as raising awareness on human trafficking through community education programs. So what I actually donate 100% from my book, Proceed to, uh, to Fight for Freedom, and I support the outreach ministries as well, which is fantastic. It's just amazing people who make difference in our people's life. And sometimes, you know, we think, we need to like do something grand to change the world. But you know what? Support the organization that already on the ground. They have like huge resources and you can donate your time. You can donate like funds as well. You can volunteer. What I do, I create awareness. They're part of like all my website, all my network marketing, like all, all of them because we are partner up. I advocate like on their behalf and I connect people, which is like love I love that God gave me like this specific job because I want to meet the people so everybody who I meet like I have these great resources that already set and and the people are fantastic so everybody who comes into my life and say I need help with this do you know what this because they know I'm about human trafficking so they say like um uh, this goal is missing it's probably like human trafficking situation can you give us resources 
yes, I can. So they say, oh, we need like online safety. Do you know anything like that? Yes, I have. So I, I take everything, all these resources and I pass into people and I connect the people as well. If they go, I have like friends who battling right now, like through this human trafficking situation as well. So so they like, we need more resources. I'm like, there's more resources so I can connect them. So I feel like my, my role, I'm just like this link, you know, between the people and this amazing organization. And we already have like a few different cities here in Canada. And we're trying to do the countries like Philippines. And I do believe we come into Chicago, but I think like they will open the one in the US, but it's still in the making. So don't quote me on Keep that. Keep me posted. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But it's really amazing because now we have like huge like fundraising and we have huge amount of money that we donate into survivor care programs. And the most amazing part that survivor who work with this organization now part of this organization volunteering their time and their story, sharing their story. And actually we have uh, in April, we're going to have a huge annual conference and I actually going to be a speaker as well uh, because I was sharing my story in the different events through Fight for Freedom, but now they invite me to speak and I actually just finished my signature talk. So I'm so excited to actually launch with my own organization to do the kind of like run and the amazing part that I just submitted my application with my talk and I got, I got applause. So I'm like, oh God, you're so good. It's it just so cool how little by little, like I have these amazing opportunities and to launch podcasts and work with amazing speaking coach that everything like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready prepared. So it, it's been very interesting year, but I love it. Nothing, nothing else I'd rather do. Just this work and just very fulfilling for me. I, I really, really love it. I'm so happy for you. I want to ask the final question I always ask all my guests is, is there, is there anything that you would like to ask my dad? And then I want you to like promote away and anything you want me to put like in the show notes, just send my way like to that nonprofit or any offers that you have. I want to be able to support you. So yes, absolutely. Well, I would like to ask how awesome was have a girl like that because you are amazing. Like, honestly, the way you're interviewing people and how you speak and what you do, I really admire you and your work because honestly, like you're so intelligent and I'm, I just want to ask him like some, I don't know, parenting tips because I need a girl like that, you know, in my life, but there, no, my children are fantastic. I'm just curious, like how, like, did he like encourage you like to spark this like interest, like why? why they podcast, like why the path that you chose, you know, like is they some kind of like, you know, navigate your path, you know, because we're trying to find what our kids going to be doing and all this stuff. Some kind of, I don't know. I hope it makes sense. You're so yeah. sweet. I actually, like when the interview first started, because I listened to so many interviews of you today, I felt intimidated by you. I was like, you were doing so many amazing things. Yes. And I don't usually feel that way. What? Are you me? This is amazing. Thank you so much for telling me. It's like, I feel like so humble and I want to cry too. 
Yes, I am totally serious. I do not feel that way often. And I was like, man, the way that you share and your vulnerability and the truth and the fire that you are bringing is palpable. I mean, truthfully, you are gifted and I am just so proud of everything that you're doing. That's so cool. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Like, honestly, I did not expect that because I admire and your accomplishment and how like intelligent you are and, and hear you saying that to me, like just really humble. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've got imposter syndrome too. So okay. I, and also like it didn't so much fit you in with the conversation, but your whole thing about emotional eating. Like, I feel like I have also like very much battled that for like, since I was a young girl, Oh, that has been so hard for me. Also, I like, I was never diagnosed with postpartum, but I definitely think that I had that. Same here. I got this voice. And honestly, you know how I knew that I have like trouble, probably like four years, my kids were like first one, four years and like second one, probably around three, four years. It's like almost like I was aware again, but I'm like, what? I live like very like zombified kind of thing. So like, <laughs> totally, I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. So it couldn't be normal because like then I was awake. I'm like, oh, that's how normal feels. And then I went to the doctor actually. And he gave me the uh, depression, like whatever check marks because I yell at him. He's like, oh, you just a mom. I'm like, I feel like crap for last 10 years. I cannot take this anymore. So then he's like, give me check marks. And I look at this like, oh, do you feel sad? Do you feel this? I'm like, that's how I live like all my life, but not today. I think three days ago, like I would be, but I think because I was so clean in mind, I went to the doctor and say, cannot take this anymore. But all that time I live like that and actually function. And yeah, it wasn't super enjoyable, but I'm so grateful that like, I actually like last fall, I feel all my hormones got balanced, all my, like uh, everything got like so sad. And now I have like plants and for the eating and for exercising and I'm doing yoga and I'm doing like stuff like that I'm biking I'm eating so I'm sleeping and I love it now like I'm kind of like consciously watching my physical and mental health and every time I start fall apart I can pinpoint and I can see it and I try to use my coping mechanism that it's better than than before but Oh, work for, for for a while because nothing else like I knew I didn't even know that I had a problem so so now it's really cool to actually see that and and deal with that in a better constructive way because I'm really happy that sizes go down like I can look at the mirror I'm like oh look at that Oh, I'm so glad that we connected and we should definitely keep in touch and do this again and go ahead and promote away. I love your podcast too, by the way, like seriously, everything that you're putting out is just growing and adding and it's it's amazing. You're doing an amazing job. So absolutely. You guys can get my book on uh, amazon.ca or amazon.com. As well, if you would like to sign copy, you can email me at linasibula at gmail.com or you can check out my website and you can see the charities that I support as well and to know a little bit more. And the website is love and be loved and be without E. 
it's lovedandbeloved.com. And yes, and you can listen to my podcast through there. You can get my books through there. Absolutely. You can see my story, see some pictures as well. If you want to invite me to speak, I'm open and willing to. You can shoot me email. Or honestly, if you want to know me more, just Google my name. Now I'm like everywhere. You can find me on Facebook, on uh, like all the social media platform that's about it and i'm so so glad and if you don't mind i really i really like to close with quote based on um, what i have shared and it's quote by marion williamson our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure we ask ourselves who am i to be brilliant gorgeous talented fabulous actually who are you not to be We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And as we let our own light shine, we give other people permission to do the same. And my light shines bright these days. Now it's time for you to shine yours upon the world too. Thank you so much for that. That is truly beautiful. I love that you had the outro. Yes, that is so good. I love that. Thank you so much for having that. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for letting me be me and be honest and open on your platform. Thank you. I really needed your message. Now, let's switch it over to Grandpa. Well, Lena, uh, you are quite a hero. The fact is, is that things can go bad and bad and bad and worse. And it can be a long, long journey before all of a sudden things can go right. But there's always an opportunity for things to get better. There's always an opportunity to straighten out one's life. There's always an opportunity to excel, progress, to learn, to move forward in a constructive way with your life. However, it's very difficult when everybody around you is against you or selling you out. But there's one person or as or supernatural being, however you want to call God, and he hears, and he is the final judge on everything. And as long as you concentrate and seek out the Lord, there is an opportunity that he will be your guiding light from whatever darkness that you're in. But a lot of people fall into a black hole, and they keep falling and falling and falling and get depressed, and some people are just oblivious to the possibility of being able to climb out of it. And there's a lot of casualties for those people. The path that you were on, and with all of the hardships and the treachery that was done to you, has made you a very strong and powerful person and a spokesman to be able to say that the hole or this black hole that you were in, it's possible to see the light and climb out of it. And your mission is, in fact, to give everyone that opportunity to be able to seek strength from your story. You know, I'm reading her Facebook right now, and she recently just lost her mother-in-law. And she put up a quote that I think is really relevant because it says, this is what she thinks about parent love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love 
does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. She quoted Corinthians, and I think that that's really beautiful. That is really a magnificent quote, and how true it is. As I've already stated, love, truth, righteousness is the choice that we all should make. And God has given us choice to see darkness and light. And he is betting on us, on all of us, choose right, but to have the choice of doing it and not where, like we're some type of angel, where we only know right and not understand wrong. He's giving human beings the opportunity to experience both and to actually make the right choice. And that's the beauty of being human. I have the utmost respect for her, want to wish her well, and hope that she can continue to reach out to a lot of people on a very important subject. And then another really dramatic lesson that comes out of this episode is that your own family can betray you. Your own family can be desperate. And if you have been abused or if you've been put in a line of work where they can actually sell you into slavery, it's just hard to believe that this could even be possible. And yet, as you know, it's more than possible. And yet she still met someone along the way that introduced her to have faith in God and that you can change your circumstances, even if you have to sell yourself for a while just to get an opportunity to break that cycle, to have a chance to learn and develop where she learned to be a a hairdresser. She's learned to be able to put her story together and be able to express all the lessons of her life that can help other people where she can do a podcast and write a book. That's also just incredible in today's communication age that anything is possible to get your message out where that was not the case years and years ago, where you could be oppressed not only physically and mentally, but where you can't even talk about it. And now you can. Now anything is possible and any message can get out there. And that's why she has a duty to be able to be a messenger to others. What did you think about her daddy's story, her daddy reflection? That was super powerful too. And she forgets him. And still, he could have easily been aborted and she's grateful to be alive. There's always a way of looking at things negatively or positively. She's now choosing the path of being grateful and happy to be able to progress with her life and not be the judge of not only her parents, but even the people around her that have done her terribly wrong and all of the terrible happenings that have occurred to her, she might not choose to associate with some some of these people, but she doesn't let a grudge or these things stop her from living her life. Isn't that really the weight that some people need off their shoulders is to stop thinking about what other people think and what other people think of you and just say, hey, it was part of my journey and my path. I've learned a lot from it. And other people are in tough situations also. And we just have to all work together to overcome it and lead the best life that we can. And with God's help, as she states as well, it's not only possible, but inevitable. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Better Call Daddy Show, please feel free to review it at ratethispodcast.com slash bettercalldaddy. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts. 
on LinkedIn.com. 